Hi everybody, this is Rob Swatsky from the York campus of Hack, and in this podcast we will continue on with blood and review the red blood cell life cycle. Red blood cells endure lots of physical contact as they flow through the narrow blood vessels as part of the bloodstream, and as a result their cell membranes suffer lots of damage. Because of this constant wear and tear, Red blood cells tend to burst over time, in particular as they travel through the microscopic spaces within the spleen and liver. The average lifespan of a typical circulating red blood cell is 120 days, around 4 months. They are compromised significantly because they cannot repair cellular damage due to their lack of a nucleus and major cellular organelles. There is a large population of fixed phagocytic white blood cells called macrophages that live within the spleen, liver, and bone marrow. These cells continually work to remove and destroy the dead or damaged red blood cells. Because of the significant costs in energy and chemical resources, much of the components of red blood cells are recycled and reused to make new red blood cells and hemoglobin molecules. This is analogous to the ways we recycle and reuse metal, glass, and plastic. Let's now take a closer look at how red blood cells are destroyed and recycled. First, dead or dying red blood cells are removed through phagocytosis by macrophages, such as this one shown here in pink, in the liver, spleen, and red bone marrow. Next, the bonds holding the heme and globin portions of hemoglobin are broken and these components are separated. Globin, being a protein, is digested and broken down into its amino acid building blocks. As we see here in step 3, they are reused and fed back into protein synthesis reactions. Then heme is broken down and the iron ion is released. It is immediately transported by a plasma protein called transferrin, which transfers the iron ion as it moves through the blood. When transferrin reaches one of its several destinations, such as muscle fibers, fixed macrophages in the spleen or liver, or liver cells, the iron ion is released and is bound to ferritin, a protein that specializes in iron storage. When the iron ion is absorbed from the GI tract, or, as shown here, is released from ferritin, it attaches once again to transferrin. Transferrin now carries the iron ion to the red bone marrow, where the precursor cells of the red blood cells absorb it into their cells through the very selective process of receptor-mediated endocytosis, which we learned about back in Chapter 3. Now the iron ion can be used to make new hemoglobin molecules and can be inserted into the heme groups of the new molecules. New globin proteins are made from amino acids, and vitamin B12 helps out in the synthesis. New red blood cells are produced in the red bone marrow through erythropoiesis, which then exit the bone marrow and enter the bloodstream. Earlier in the process, 
when the iron ion is separated from heme in the macrophage, the remaining non-iron part of the heme is broken down and transformed into the green waste pigment biliverdin, and then into the yellow-orange pigment bilirubin. Bilirubin then enters the bloodstream, as shown here in step 10, and is carried to the liver. Bilirubin is converted and concentrated by the liver cells into bile, which is stored by the gallbladder, and then delivered into the small intestines to aid in lipid digestion. Bilirubin then moves into the large intestine, where it is converted into urobilinogen by bacteria, here in step 12. In step 13, a small amount of urobilinogen is reabsorbed by the blood and transformed into a yellow pigment called urobilin and is then excreted as part of urine. In the final step 14, the bulk of urobilinogen is converted into a brown pigment called stercobilin and eliminated as part of the feces. So we can see overall that the body does a good job at effectively breaking down and reclaiming these high-energy resources to be reused in new proteins such as the amino acids,